Last year, we got a gritty, all-too-real origin story of the Joker. This year, we get Harley Quinn's story. The director, Kathy Yang, takes a complete 180 from the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Today, we're going manic and reveling in the mayhem with Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yes, that's fantabulous. She's Tuesday. I'm Kaylee. Grab your beer and your roller skates. This is Whiskey and Popcorn. So I know both of us have been jonesing for this film for over a year now, and it's been four years since we actually met Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn in The Suicide Squad. And let's be real, the best part of that film was Margot Robbie. In Birds of Prey, we get a short origin story, but really it's like a post-breakup tale. Yeah, I couldn't describe it better myself. Harley is freshly heartbroken after having for real broken up with the Joker. And she's spiraling, she's drinking away her sorrows at bars, and basically coming to terms with being a single woman. I mean, we've all been there, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Director Jan does a really masterful job of giving us just the right amount of backstory to help those of us who haven't read the Harley Quinn comics. And this gives us enough to actually understand what her background is, where she's coming from, and just kind of like who she is today. Right. So to catch you up, she's basically abandoned by her dad, raised by nuns, studied really hard, and got her PhD in psychology. That's where she meets the Joker, who is, of course, her patient. As she's going crazy herself, it's like she knows what she's doing, but she can't resist her urges. She's got an addictive personality, be it to the Joker, her pet hyena named Bruce, after Batman, of course. Oh, And breakfast sandwiches. (laughs) And while she's dealing with all of her emotions, she ends up being the target of everybody who she's ever wronged in the past. And there's a lot. They see her as an easy prey since she no longer has the Joker's protection. Enter in our villain, Roman Sionis, played by Ian McGregor, who I love. He's so dreamy. He is. And he plays a real villain's villain. He's pretty much this mob boss who attracts all the baddies to him. And not to be outdone by all the awful, swarmy, terrible types out there, but he has his own, like, super villain alter ego as the Black Mask. And he is more than ready to kill off Harley, but ends up using her when she promises to find a missing diamond he's after. Oh, and this diamond is no ordinary diamond. It has a code which is microscopically etched into it that leads to an Italian mob's fortune. The only problem? A pickpocket and foster child Cassandra Kane, played by Ella J. Basco, has the diamond. Check out this clip. I want to kill you because without the Joker around, all your noise and bluster you're just a a silly little girl with no one around to protect her whoa wait what don't kill me 
right. No, 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 seriously. Romy, Romy. Come on, there's gonna be something, something we can figure out. Hey, wait, wait, you lost something, right? You lost something, I heard you say it. A diamond. Yeah. I can help you find it. Seriously. I know the East End better than anybody. You want this diamond back? I'm your gal. Now, we also got to highlight the other amazing actresses in this film, which include Journey Smollett-Bell as Dinah Lance, a.k.a. Black Canary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Helena Bertinelli, a.k.a. The Huntress, and Rosie Perez as Detective Renee Montoya. Now, the first thing you're going to notice with this film is we kind of get a chronological story, and by that I mean we don't at all. <laughs> um, it, there's a lot of back and forth in time uh, bouncing where all of a sudden she's beating someone up and she goes oh wait I forgot to tell you about this and we back up to you know a week prior leading up to that so uh, how did that play for you? Well you know me and I usually have a big beef about non-linear stories but in this instance it does really work because we're like inside the mind of Harley Quinn she is narrating the story as we go along. And so you could kind of get a sense of what her mental state is, both just how she's a little bit off and crazy, but also like she's been drinking, who knows if she's on any sort of drugs. So of course she's gonna be back and forth in her storytelling. But I think even just a normal person too, when you tell a story, sometimes you're like, oh yeah, at this point, let me tell you about the thing that led to this thing. So. I was able to keep up and it was very helpful because it was 24 hours prior or one day before. So they were able to help you understand where we were in time and where we were in the story. And they all met together so well that never did I feel off kilter as far as where am I in the story, which I think is challenging to pull off. Like it was so seamless. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I really liked how it bounced around just because it matches Harley's manic personality yeah. so well. So for other situations where it wouldn't, this just played off. And it just added humor mm -hmm. in the movie where it's like, dude, Harley, what are you talking about? Like, you need to give us background. And then she'd go, oh, wait. Let me give you background. And I'm like, that's exactly what I want. So, yeah, I really liked that. And, you know, for a, you know, for the superhero genre, I think it was a very different way of telling this story. Because, again, it's not really an origin story like so many of these other films that we've seen out of the, the genre. And I think that also helps this as her first solo film be successful and work because I am personally burnt out from origin stories. I don't want to have another, you know, I'm a abused, lost, orphaned, so and somebody who lost something and then gains something later and then I become a hero and fight crime or become the villain and try to destroy Gotham. <laughs> yeah, don't get us wrong. This is very much an in the now story. When we talk about her background, we talk about a two-minute cartoon version of her background. So it's like, hey, BT Dubs, this is what I came from, but let's talk about everyone trying to kill me now. So yeah. don't, don't think of this, and I think a lot of people do, as an origin story, but get that out of your head. It's definitely, while we do learn a lot about her past, it's 
definitely not an origin story. Right. And kind of going back to that cartoon bit briefly, I think that's a really nice nod for all the people who watched the cartoons or read the comic books. Like, that was just a really nice way of weaving that aesthetic in. You know, I haven't quite felt something like, oh, thanks to a nod to all us nerds since, uh, you know, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah, totally. So this was really a refreshing take, and I liked the animation was kind of goofy and sweet, even though what she was going through was not in any way sweet. But, like, her as the little girl looking through the window of her house trying to get her dad's attention with the big blue eyes. Like, it reminded me of Dexter's Laboratory and his sister. (laughs) I can totally see that. It was just, it was a lot of fun in that regard. But how did this compare to the other DC movies or even the Marvel movies, particularly we could think of Captain Marvel? How did that compare for you? Well, you know me and all of our regular listeners. I am so done with comic book movies. But I walked out of this film and was obsessed. I loved it. I thought it was correctly timed. Uh, Everything kept me interested. And, I mean, hands down, all of us know that DC is where it is at as far as female-driven leads. Mm -hmm. And they just, they get it right, and they get it right the first time, which I appreciate. But, I mean, I'm going to be biased because I'm a female, but, like, having female lead is so refreshing, and that probably is why I liked it so much. Yeah, I I also agree with that. I loved Wonder Woman. That was just like they hit it straight out of the park. And I was really excited by comparison for Captain Marvel. And I did enjoy it. And I felt it was like a really important film for their franchise and a really just important character. It wasn't perfect. Like that one, I felt like, okay, well, you got two men on base, but you didn't quite hit the home run with Captain Marvel. But here with Birds of Prey, this is another home run. And I think because it's also so distinctively different from the feel and tone of Wonder Woman that it's keeping me engaged. It was fun. And that's what I really want out of my superhero genre movies. It's like, I'm here obviously to have a good time. And that's what they did. Yeah, I I say I haven't like, I haven't really, really liked a superhero movie since Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. And that's just because they are so funny that I can deal with the action scenes. But, you know, probably since Wonder Woman and Guardians of the Galaxy, like, finally, like, starting a year off with a really good comic book movie was really nice. Yeah, well, speaking of the action scenes, because I know how those tend to bore you, how did you feel about the action scenes in this movie? Because I thought they were dope. Oh, so fantastic. And for me, you know, seeing Aquaman last year, it's just everything is so inundated with CGI. And this went back to old school act like this. It went back to old school ass kicking. Yeah. And that's what it was throughout. Like, yeah, she uses props or things like that. But when it comes down to it, it's just a group of girls 
beating up men. I mean, how am I not going to like that? <laughs> well, I have to say the choreography and the fight scenes were just, they reflected her personality as well. So there's a scene where she's running through the police headquarters trying to find that girl, Cassandra, with the diamond, and she's chasing her. She's being chased by the men who Roman sent after her, and she's, like, in the evidence room. So she, like, grabs a a baseball bat and just beats the shit out of these guys. And uh, she sets off the water sprinklers, and so she's, like, sliding through the water. And it's both funny, powerful... And just kind of beautiful to watch. I'm all into that. I have a dancer's background, so I'm really into how people move and feeling at one with your body. And Margot Robbie, clearly, her and her stunt double felt like it was so natural for them to do those movements. And I really like that. I love that you said that because that's really how it played out. It was much more of a choreographed dance then almost like when you're watching martial arts and you're like, yeah. this just flows so beautifully. And that that's definitely the undertone of the fight scenes, you know, because a lot of it, it's here's this, you know, super new age gun and let's just shoot people. And I'm like, that that's boring. But like going back to old school, ass kicking was great. And I also have to point out, I love this scene where it's at the end, the climax, and they have another big fight where it's, uh, Harley Quinn, The Huntress, Black Canary, and uh, Detective Renee, as well as uh, Cassandra. They're all battling the goons, Roman's goons, and like all of a sudden, Harley Quinn's just in roller skates. And that could have been a huge like continuity, like WTF, when did this happen? But Black Canary literally calls it out. She's like, when did she have time to put on roller skates? And I just about died laughing. I just... It was smart, witty, and fun, and it didn't take itself seriously whatsoever. And there was really great female undertones like that. For example, in that scene that you heard with the clip where she goes, no, 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 really, check my pocket. And one of the guards reaches into her pocket and pulls out a tampon. And she's like, not that pocket. So it's like these little <laughs> gems throughout the movie that are hilarious, that really give give homage to being a female. Mm -hmm. And it's just, oh, it keep like keep an eye out for those little gems because it makes the movie what it is. And I think that's also true. That was another point I wanted to bring up is that beneath all the, you know, the witty banter and Harley Quinn's wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like there's some real serious issues as far as being judged only by the man that you stand behind or you're a crazy bitch just because you broke up with somebody that just you're pigeonholed into this box or you know with a uh, Cassandra the little girl who was amazing Ella did just a great job of being this kind of little jerk kid you know she's a foster kid she's got nobody to help her out she's looking for guidance and who does she look to and it eventually ends up being Harley Quinn for good or bad but you know it kind of deals with those sort of family dynamics female friendship and, oh, with uh, Renee Montoya, she also has this thread of, like, where all the men in her life took all the credit. Like, she should have been promoted years ago. But because her partner, who was a guy, took the credit, she's still stuck on the lower rungs. So it's, like, all these things that I think anybody could relate to, but particularly women who've been in these situations where it's, like, I 
I am being repressed. You know, it's it was just so smart is what oh, I keep yeah. coming back to. Uh, all of these women have a reason to be pissed off. And you learn why. And it just, it makes sense. You're like, yeah, if that was my situation, I'd be pretty pissed off too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, that's that, that was very well done kind of explaining. Because we do... We haven't talked about it a lot on here, but we do get a lot of information about our new Birds of Prey crew mm-hmm. also. But we're not going to ruin that. But yes, we do get additional stories that really make up the Birds of Prey family. So pay attention to that. Okay, before we finish the podcast, can we please talk about the music? Oh my gosh, I have downloaded the album. Oh, you did? And I've been jamming out to it all day. It is so Sick! Oh my god, it's so well done. And it's like, a good handful of them are songs that you already know, but with a really badass remake to it. Oh yeah. And it's 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 crazy, and it's fun, and it matches Harley perfectly. One of my favorites is uh, a new updated rendition of Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Uh, they have Megan the Stallion and Normani doing it Ooh. and there's a there's a whole montage scene that is such a nod to Marilyn Monroe and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and that whole song that was fantastic mm-hmm. and like if if Margot Robbie doesn't end up playing some sort of Marilyn Monroe biopic like I'm gonna riot like she really needs to she fits that she was somewhere. adorable in it yeah um, they have that they have Sway With Me with Saweetie and Galaxara I hope I'm saying that correctly some of these uh DJ names are hard for me to wrap my mouth around. <laughs> and then there's like also like new songs, like Feeling Good with Sophie Tucker. And I love Sophie Tucker. She does some really like kind of on the edge avant-garde type of music. This this version, this song is a more of a step back in just general popular music. But that's just so good. Couldn't agree more. Definitely check out the soundtrack. Or if, you know, you're feeling poor, just grab it on Spotify. And I think it's time to emancipate ourselves from this amazing review. Oh, wonderful. All right. Give me what you're drinking. Okay. So obviously I had to look up a Harley Quinn inspired drink and I found one. Guess what the name is? Mm, Harley Quinn. Yes. The ah! Harley Quinn, obviously. It is the drink. Okay. What's in it? <laughs> and uh, well, I have to, to read the little tagline here. It's inspired by Harley's sweet but tart attitude. Ah! So it's cherry vodka, tequila, rum, grenadine, pineapple juice, simple syrup, and some extra sugar on the rim. Oh, that definitely sounds like her. (laughs) It kind of sounds like a little bit of a mind eraser. Yeah. (laughs) But it does sound delightful. What are you going to drink? Ooh, I paid homage also to Harley Quinn, but in a different way. Mm. This one's called You Dumped Him. The last word. Whoa. What's Ooh. in that? I'm all very excited. Because we've all been there, right? Oh. So this is uh, gin. Ooh. We're just, the base is going to be gin. I love gin. And then green chartreuse. Whoa. I know. It got <laughs> fancy. Freshly squeezed lime juice. And some maraschino liquor. Oh, I didn't know they made liquor. Yeah. I... Color me surprised, right? (laughs) We're going to put all of that together, put it over ice, and then you put a fresh mint leaf on the top. Mm, I'm getting the green vibe from like the Suicide Squad. Totally. That's what I was thinking too. I like it. I like it a lot. 
Well, we would hate for you to break up with us. So hit that subscribe button and make sure to show us all the love. We're on iTunes, Google Play, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. And don't go crazy by missing the latest news in movies. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, you can always find our recent episodes on whiskeyandpopcorn.org. She's Tuesday. I'm Kaylee. This has been Whiskey and Popcorn. Thanks so much for listening.